Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylive.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Uh, we started a series last week called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, and last week I preached the fresh fire part of that. Today I'm going to preach the fresh wind part of that. Hey, I'm just going to tell you this too real quick, just give you a little brief ad. The next two weekends you do not want to miss. I'm just telling you. Just go ahead and tell your neighbor, he told us we don't want to miss. Because I'm telling you, next weekend, next weekend we have a huge treat. It'll be the third part of Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, but we have a little surprise for you next week next week and then the fourth weekend we have an announcement so big that it's going it's going to knock your socks off fourth weekend of this series which will be the last weekend uh that's the 31st so the next two weekends are going to be big going to be big excited about what god's doing today's fresh wind if you'll just stand with me just a second here we'll read this second samuel chapter 5 Verses 17 through 18. I'll kind of jump and do some more, but I want to start right there. 2 Samuel 5, 17, 18. We welcome all of our folks that are with us online. Folks, we have people watching us all over. Isn't that exciting? And we welcome our online folks. And uh, I want to, can I tell y'all one more thing before I start? This week I got a call and we got our second life house that is wanting to start. <clears throat> so, so we've got, we've got one that's starting next month, which will be our first one, and the, next, the other one will start probably around April. So that's two life houses. Two li- God's up to something, church. I better start reading before I start getting too excited here. Second Samuel 5, 17 through 18, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search David. Everybody was after old Davy. And David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. The Philistines went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephium. Rephium means giants. So if you can kind of see that through that lens, the Philistines went and deployed themselves in the valley of the giants. Verse 19, and David inquire to the Lord. I'm just going to tell you something right now. When your enemy is in the land of the giants, you better get to praying. And he inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? I need to stop right there and say, we're in 21 days of prayer, and you need to be asking, Lord, help me to move, operate when you want me to operate. Let 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 me move on your command. Verse 19, the Lord said to David, go up. For I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. By the way, I'm already preaching. I'm going to preach short, but I'm already preaching. Go up, for I will doubtless, doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Boy, that's a, that's a good word right there. I'm going to give them to you. And if you know, y'all can be seated. I'm already preaching. David, if you knew anything about David, David was fired up. When they said go, he was already, you know, one step out the door. So all he needed is a little sickle. And, and God said, you got this. The Philistines are yours. Isn't it a good thing when you know that you're going to win before you, before you even get to the battle? That's a good thing. And the Philistines... God said, I'm giving them into your hands. So I can see David, and he, you know, he gets his sword, and he, gets, he jumps out, and he's, he's ready to rumble, and he's ready to go because he's done this before. He, you know, he's a fighter. He's a fighter. He's a man's man. He's tough. He's rough. I mean, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's bad to the bone. But he's about to, he's about to take off and do it like he's always done once God says go. And then verse 23 gets the plan. And the plan is so much different than what he expected. The plan is totally off the wall. He says, come upon them over against the mulberry trees. Oh, okay, God. So, okay, now now I'll stop long enough. You're wanting me to take that path over there by the mulberry trees and then attack them and, and jump all over them from the mulberry. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to stand 
on the mulberry trees. And when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, when you hear the sound, everybody say the sound. And the sound is the sound of wind blowing through the tops of the trees. Some translations say wind, but it's the wind blowing. It's the marching. It's the angelic armies of God coming down to hit land. And when they hit the top of those mulberry trees, the trees start, they start moving like the wind is touching them. And then it's at that moment that you shall advance quickly. The King James Version says here, instead of the word advance quickly, I, I like this. It says, instead of advance quickly, it says, bestir thyself. Bestir thyself. B-E-S-T-I-R. Bestir thyself. Turn to your neighbor. I just like that word, bestir yourself. You know, every once in a while, you just need to look at somebody and say, bestir yourself. Bestir thyself. But, but t- t- just bestir thyself. Let me tell you what that means. Let me tell you, this is very important. When you hear the sound going through the tops of the wind, coming through the tops of the mulberry trees, it's in that moment you need to, you need to bestir yourself. You need to bestir. What does that mean? It means you need to stir up your Self. You need you need to stir up. You better get to you better get some things to stir it, stirring, because God is a moving. Pastor, I'm waiting on God to move me. Stop. Hold on. Stir up yourself. Well, I, I'll start worshiping one of these days when you know when when something hits me in the back and I get to moving and then I get to grooving. No, 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 stir up yourself. In other, in other words, catch your own self, build your own fire. <laughs> build your, sometimes you just gotta build your own fire. Sometimes you gotta stir up yourself in the Lord. I know a lot of people that allow themselves to become unstirred and they're wondering where God is and where God's moving and God's saying, oh, I'm, I'm right here in the trees, but I need you to take a step and stir yourself up in the Lord. Bestir yourself, stir yourself up. Turn around to neighbor and say, again, and I'm gonna drive you crazy with that today, but turn around to your neighbor and say, stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Hey, I'm gonna just give you a warning today, a little warning. I'm not gonna preach long, but I am a little excited because I'm preaching about fresh wind. You may be confused about the battle. You may be in a battle that you're confused on how you're fighting. I don't even know how to fight this battle. I've never been to this battle before. I've never been at this place, and the enemy, the enemy that you see coming, keeps coming back again and again every morning, after afternoon, every evening, every time through that temptation, every time through that struggle. But let me just tell you this. God has a plan for the battle. He's already got the battle figured out what you need to stop. You need to stop and go into your stronghold, the stronghold with the Lord, and say, God, how do I fight this battle? I inquire into you and ask you, Lord, how do I fight the battle that I'm currently in? See, we're fighting battles without going to our our spiritual strongholds. We're trying to fight battles with our own muscles. We're trying to fight battles in the flesh, but we're dealing with things that are coming from the spiritual side and we gotta deal with them in a spiritual manner. You never tackle an enemy with a power that's not over the enemy. You've got to have something stronger than what you're... You don't take Pee Wee Herman to fight the Hulk. And you've got to be a little certain age to know who Pee Wee Herman is and the Hulk. But I'm going to tell you, you don't take Pee Wee Herman to fight the Hulk. You take, you take King Kong to fight the Hulk. Come on now, that's spiritual stuff right there. That's, that's Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4. But you've got to take something with greater power. And you have to lean into the source and know where how God wants you to fight that battle. The battle for your family and for your life and for your purpose and for your calling that God has on your life, God has a 
plan and God said, David, you're about to take your enemy by surprise and wipe him out. You're going to be victorious, but you're not going to do it like you've done it before. It's gonna be different. And let it be when you hear the angelic armies come through the tops of the trees that you stir up yourself. Something inside of you begins to move and, and then at that moment, I want you to advance quickly. It's in that moment that you move with the wind. You move with the wind. You move with the wind. You don't move until you hear something about you. You're waiting on a sound. You're not waiting on the enemy and what he's gonna do. You're waiting on what God is gonna do. You're not waiting on trying to, to have a knee-jerk reaction to what the devil is doing. You're gonna move with what God says to do. Come on church, I'm preaching to you today. A lot of people go around in life and wonder what the devil's gonna do next. I wonder what the devil's gonna do next. I wonder what the devil's gonna do next in our country. I wonder wonder what the devil's gonna do in the economy and I wonder what the devil's gonna do here and I wonder what the devil's gonna do here and I'm gonna just tell you if I've ever heard it like I'm hearing it right now, it's unbelievable. We got, we got Christians. I mean good old God-fearing Christians scared to death of your own breath right now. You're scared to death thinking like just because we're about to get a new president that the world's about to cave in. I need to stop and tell you something. Whether you're for it, against it, you are tuning into the wrong kingdom. You are tuning in and you're listening to the wrong trees. We are in the kingdom of God. We are in the kingdom of heaven. We are listening for a sound and it's the sound of the moving of God. Pastor, are you not concerned for our country? Well, absolutely. You'd have to be a fool to think that we're, I've been concerned about our country for 30 or 40 years because I've been seeing a moral decline. But I'm gonna tell you something. What I am not concerned is I know that there is a church that is waiting under a mulberry tree. This is our hour. This is our Come on, I'm gonna preach to you today. This is our hour. All we're waiting is for a sound of heaven and we're saying, God, give us revival. Hallelujah. Would you stand on your feet and just give the Lord a hand clap of praise and worship? Hallelujah, just give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Is that all right today? Hallelujah. I'm I'm going to stop right here and just say something. I am rebuking fear in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to stop right here. I'm not mad at nobody. I'm not picking at nobody. I don't think anybody's bad. But I have gotten so many forwards this week saying, please pray. Our world's fixing to go into martial law and we're about to do this. And Oh my God, we're about to... And I'm going to go, you are tuned in to Fox, CNN, or wherever else you get your news and you're not tuned into the mulberry trees. I'm not saying, come on, I'm not saying our world is not in a mess, but I'm gonna tell you our world's been in a mess for a long time. But the beauty of this is the power of the church. The church of the living God. God never said it was gonna get easier before he came. We knew that the world would be in a mess when he came, but we do know this, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Ah, the church has got to be on fire. We need a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost. Hmm. If you're new around here, I occasionally get excited. I'm not waiting on what kind of weapon the enemy's gonna use next. I'm, if you're waiting, you may be seating. If you're waiting on a certain, we're waiting on a certain sound. We're waiting on the wind. We're waiting on the moving, which means whatever is in heaven is coming down to earth. God, let us hear the sound again in the church. Let us hear the sound again in the church. You know, 
21 days of prayer and fasting, you know what that's about? It's about turning some sounds off and turning and amplifying the right sounds. Isn't that right? Hallelujah, I love this church. Y'all are so much fun to preach to. you about kill me. I make me preach so hard. I'm blaming it on you, huh? Unique thing happened in the United States. It was back in World War II. And we were in, the, we were in of course, we were in war on two fronts, but one of the sides we were, because of what happened on the day of Pearl Harbor, it kicked us into a battle against the Japanese. And we are, we are, we are you know, we've got all kind of things going on in different fronts, and, and, and many, and some of you in this room served, and I, I, I honor you for that. But I'm just got to tell you, the Japanese had our number for a little while. And one of the reasons they had our number is because they knew what we were going to do before we were going to do it. Every time we would show up at a place, they were there waiting on us. And the U.S. Was, uh, couldn't figure out how somehow they were decoding our messages that we were sending to our troops that when we were mobilizing our troops and they would get there before we were, would and, and, and all of a sudden they were there to defeat us and it was, it was wearing us out. And so the U.S. finally realized that what was going on, that many of the Japanese soldiers had learned English. In fact, some of them had even been schooled in the U.S. And they had learned English and because they could speak our language, they were picking up and able to easily decode the messages that we were sending to our troops to tell them where to be at certain times. And, and so that was going on. And like I said, they had our number until, until, until February 1942. Something happened. A man by the name of William Johnston picked up on this. He was a World War I vet. He was also an engineer and he had an idea. What if America could come up with a secret code that the Japanese could not break? What if they had a language that was so rare and so unique that the enemy could not decode the language? <laughs> so his idea was this, and the generals picked up on it and heard it and he said, I'd like to take 27 Navajo Indians from the Navajo tribe that obviously speak the Navajo language. And I would like to take them because their language is only spoken on the reservation and has never been taught in a school. So there's no way the Japanese will know this language and how to decode it. And they put their stamp of approval on it and he did what he wanted to do and he picked 27 Navajo Indians and gave them walkie-talkies and set them in different parts of the battle and it, the way that the battle started, it was in that, if you can even go back and study it, it's when then that the battle started turning for the U.S. and we started getting there before the enemy did and they, they, they didn't know what to do and, and they started, the Japanese started trying to decode the message that were being sent by the Navajo Indians and they could not decode the message and because of it, the battle started turning and we started winning. The names of these men, these 27 men, they've named them. In fact, Nicolas Cage, and I think it was either 2002 or 2006, there's a movie about it. And the name of the movie and the name of the men in night, from that time were, were wind talkers. Wind talkers. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna preach. Now let me tell you the events about another battle. Hell was winning this battle. Hell was defeating. It had us, it had us, it seemed like every time we made a move, that seemed like the enemy was already there to defeat. It just seems like we couldn't get heads up. We couldn't make things move in our direction and hell seemed to be winning the battle. In fact, our own general was put on a cross and it seems like the enemy had us. It seemed like the Satan had the earth in bondage and it didn't look good for the church 
But Jesus died. Jesus rose again. And he says, listen, it's expedient for me to go away. For if I go away, I will send forth a comforter. But if I don't go away, the comforter cannot come. But he said, this is what I want you to do, church. I want you to do this. As he looks at 5,000 men on the day of the ascension and he says, I want you to go to Jerusalem and tarry in a place that we call the upper room. And I'm gonna send my power. I'm gonna send my spirit. And I am going to do something. I'm going to give you a special language. And when I give you this power, it's gonna defeat the power of the enemy in your life. And so we find this, it's the birth of the church in Acts chapter two and verse one, and we hear the first time the language that's given and the, as, as, as Simon Peter began to preach, and it says this, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost was an, exp- an opportunity, it was a feast and said when it fully was fully come, suddenly they were all in one accord in one place. That's how they got there and do a, by a Honda Accord. In one place. I just wanted to see if you were listening. When suddenly there came and suddenly there came a what? Sound from heaven as of a rushing boom. And it filled the place where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Next verse. Next verse, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Say that with me. And they were what? With the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. People, that's good right there. A language, a language was formed that day. And it was a language that Satan couldn't decode. (laughs) A language was given by the Holy Spirit that defeats the power of Satan in your life. When the enemy thought he had it figured out, I got the church's number. All of a sudden, the Lord God Almighty says, I'm gonna give something to the church. Some of them will argue about it. Some will fuss. Some will say, I don't need it. Some will this and that. But I'm just gonna tell you, for my people, for my church, I'm going to give them a language that is not going to be able to be decoded by anyone but me. it'll sound like gibberish to the enemy the non-believer will look and say what are they doing in battle why are they saying all that gibberish but it doesn't sound like gibberish to the king of kings and the lord of lords and it doesn't sound like gibberish to the rest of the believers in the church. Hallelujah. For when I hear the sound, I know that there is a wind in the tops of the mulberry trees. God is doing something in this hour. I want on this church to be fresh fire as I preached last week, but I equally want there to be a fresh wind in 2021. 2020 seemed like it sucked the life out of the church, but I'm here to tell you as a bald-headed preacher today, it did not defeat the church. We might have taken one step back, but it's only in preparation to take two forward. We are moving with a new code, and the new code is the power of the Spirit 
of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It's the power of the Holy Spirit praying through you in a language that the enemy cannot decode. It cannot stop. It cannot resist. It brings victory into your battle. I'm gonna say this. If you're praying with this church, and I hope to God if you're, if you're, if you're connected to this church, please be praying with this church. We, got, we have about 14 days left. Of course, we're gonna pray the whole year, but we got 14 more days of focused prayer. Man, come on, join in with your family, your church family. Join us with us at the beginning of the year that God, well, I want you to do something. I want you to get my ears so I can hear the sound again. Hallelujah, I don't know if you noticed it, but, but, but it, it was in that song just a few minutes ago. This, all of a sudden, I felt, I felt the sound blow through here. I don't know if you missed it or not, but if you did miss it, I'm encouraging you to tune into God and get the code again because the, the spirit of the Lord moved in the room. I felt it. I felt the Holy Ghost as it began to move through this house. I felt the fresh wind of God. Fear, you've got to be gone. Hallelujah. Everything that's trying to defeat the church has to be gone brokenness and and bitterness and struggle and confusion on the enemy has to be gone. Hallelujah. And let the sound of the abundance of the power of his spirit ring in our spirit again. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise because you're thankful for the spirit. You're thankful for the spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 says this. Folks, if this is not clean to what I'm preaching, you've got to listen to this verse. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but unto for no one (laughs) understands him how be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Hallelujah. See, some of y'all been dealing with flesh in the flesh. You need to start dealing with the things that are coming against your flesh by the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. I think you ought to wake up in the morning time during this time of prayer and ask God, God, let me be filled with the power of your spirit again. Let me speak in the non-long language. Hallelujah, I'm tapping into a new source. I'm tapping into a new place. The apostle Paul just said, you get a secret language that nobody understands. You're not talking to people, you're talking directly to God. The modern day church takes the whole gift of tongues and, and, and throws it, not, not, not everyone, but, 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 but some have thrown it out of the church. When God clearly says to the Apostle Paul, do not forbid this blessing. I'm, folks, I'm gonna tell you what, I've been in the church. I was born under a pew and they just kept dancing around me. I mean, I've been in the church, so I know I'm used to this. And I know I'm used to spirit-filled atmosphere. I'm used to people getting loud when they preach. You think I'm loud. You ain't been to like what I was raised in. I mean, I mean, it's like we felt the concrete vibrate. I mean, it's, and, and, and when it was just as high as you possibly could, the, the pastor would look back there and go, turn my monitors up, I can't hear. I, that's, that's, how I was, that's how I was raised. And, and uh, but, but, but I know I'm used to the Spirit, and I'm used to being in the atmosphere where the Spirit of the Lord moves. And so I understand that it's something that I'm comfortable with. But I'm encouraging you today, if you are a person that's walking into a Spirit-filled atmosphere, for maybe the first, second, third time, and you're curious about what you feel, but you don't know what to do with it. You're, you're curious about this spirit, but you're also like, yeah, I've seen some real weird stuff on TV about it. 
I'm, I'm curious about it, but I've also seen it abused. I, I, I'm curious about it, but I, I've seen some really, the same guy that's, that's doing weird things and asking for you to spend, put your hand to the screen and send $100 for $100,000 in the next 15 minutes. It's also the same one the next few minutes starts speaking in tongues. Because the enemy has always tried to confuse because he can't understand the language. And he's tried to fake it. He's tried to, he, you know, I, 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 there's, a, there's a time, there was a church, churches a number of years ago that, that, that started saying, if you say, I tie my bow tie real quickly. I tie my bow tie. That's funny stuff right there. If you say it real quick, you'll get the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna just tell you something. You don't need any false rain. You don't need any fake wind. You don't need anybody trying to tell you what to say. He didn't get up on the day of Pentecost and say, if you say this real quick, you'll get it. He also didn't get up and say, if I'll shake your head till it rattles and rolls and one push person pushing on the front saying, let go, and the other pushing from the back saying, hold on. You don't have to have that to get the Holy Ghost. People say the Holy Ghost is crazy. The Holy Ghost is not crazy. People are crazy. And people have responded and done things about the Holy Ghost that are a little cray cray. But I'm gonna tell you, my God Almighty, when he poured out the power of the comforter on the church, it is not crazy. It's what heals you, gives you hope, gives you restoration, gives you peace in the battle. It's the message of talk to straight to God in the middle of your battle. Man, if it's your first time coming in here, you're gonna go, my God. What just blew in here? The wind. I know we respond to a little bit crazy. I know I'm a preacher. And I respond. I jump all over that scripture through the foolishness of preaching, men shall be saved. It's like my verse, because I feel like a fool sometimes. But proclaim that I don't care how you do it. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they were all sitting, just like you are right now. It wasn't anybody, I mean, it was just right there. They were sitting, and they began to tarry in the presence of the Lord. In other words, they began to kind of move into the spirit, listen for the sound, and the wind began to come and move across to the house, and God says, that's my language that I'm giving the church. See, see, some churches, I'll just be honest with you, right straight, they're not comfortable with it. And, and let me tell you the reason they're not comfortable with it because it's out of control. Now, I don't mean out of control like we lost our mind going crazy. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's out of the control of religiosity. I don't even know if that's a word, but there we go. It's out of control. And we want things to be in control so that people from every front can walk in and not be intimidated by it. I'm going to just say this. I, I understand that to some point because Paul gave us great ramifications for this in the same verses that I just read to you. He, Paul then opens it up and he says, listen, I've got to talk to you. I've got to teach you a little bit. And he says in verse 19, he said, he said, I talk in tongues more than all of you. In other words, let's just get this straight. I'm a tongue-talking I've got a message that's coming out of my voice straight to God, consistently flowing out of me. But then just the next, uh, down to, I think, uh, to verse 23, if I'm not mistaken, he says this. Now, let me just tell you something. When I come to church, I would rather talk in five, I would rather speak in five words of a known language than I would 10,000 of a tongue. Now, this is Paul speaking. He's not speaking negatively against tongues. He's saying, listen, there is a time and a place. And, he, and then when we get this whole, do all things in order. Now, and there's, it's, it's huge because in the kingdom of God, we have something called zeal. It's what I'm preaching up here with today. It's zeal. And if we're not careful, our zeal will burn us up. In other words, we can get so fired up that we quit 
thinking about the unbeliever. So God's, the apple of God's eye is so winning. And so in the church of the living God, God is about people being saved. And some of the places I've been in my life, a sinner couldn't get saved if he came there with a sign that says, please save me. And the reason why is he had 14 people running this way and 14 people running that way. One guy went through that wall and, and, and Paul would have stand up in that atmosphere and says, this is totally out of order and this has become a meeting of only our troops and we're not trying to win the battle with the enemy. That's why when you go to God in prayer, you need to have you a Holy Ghost tongue-talking explosion. But when you step in the house of God, well, I'm preaching right now, and you step in the house of God and you're around people all around you that are unbelievers, they don't know what in the world you just said. And it would be better for you to turn around and tell them the word of God, what, what the word of God says and the, your testimony and all of that good stuff. It would be better for you to do that than turn around and, and speak in tongues for 10,000 moments. Are you with me? Now, did I kill the Holy Ghost? If I did, you need to go talk to Paul about it because I'm simply teaching you the gospel. And, and that does not mean it's a negative thing against the tongue. It means this. It means this. Use it as a powerful language between you and God and let it change the world. Let it change the world. It's a message now, does that mean you can't ever speak in tongues at church? Oh, my God, don't leave out of here saying that. I'm going to throw something at you. I'm just saying that. Use your wisdom. Use the wisdom that God gave you. Don't let your zeal burn you up. But do all things according to his wisdom and his direction. I've got to tell you, sometimes I get so fired up in here, I want to just just let it roll and just preach for about the next five minutes in tongues. I'm just gonna be honest with you. But if I did, not a one of you would know what I was saying. And so what do I do? I preach the word of God and thus saith the Lord from the word of God and people are able to receive it and when they receive it, they're led into a language of tongues. Well, if, have I offended anybody yet? If I offended you, go to the Lord tomorrow and talk in tongues and let the Lord speak directly and deal with your spirit and deal with your life. Hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. It speaks mysteries. It's a secret language. It's a coded language the enemy can't decode. In fact, I want to stop right here and say this. There's a lot of us folks in the church. It's been too long since you've been lost in the spirit. It's been a long time that since some of you have had a prayer language settle down upon you. I'm not telling you're bad for that. I'm telling you it's time for you to seek after the wind of the Spirit. Is that all right? I think this week, I think this week, we are to be the tongue-talkingest church in the history of the tongue-talkingest churches. I want you this week in your times of prayer to be lost in the power. The Bible says when you pray in tongues, you are speaking and you're fighting battles through groanings and earnings that even the, the, the devil's just totally confused. He's just like, ah, I don't know what's going on. Let's confuse the devil this week. Let's freak him out. And if you're here today and you've never spoken in another language, the first thing you can maybe say is, I don't know, I don't believe all that, I don't know about all that, I don't understand all that. I'm a, I, I, agree, I agree with that. I, I understand where you're coming from. It's something you've never been introduced to in your life. And, and, and what happens, it's easy to think you've got all of God figured out, and then all of a sudden you hear something like this, and you've seen some negative view of it. But I'm just encouraging, encouraging you to come back to center again and just say, God, 
if this is for me, I will begin to seek after this coded, encoded language that you have for me. Is that fair enough? Hallelujah. Pastor, I've never spoken in tongues. Am I welcome at this church? Did you hear what I just said? This is a place for the unbeliever and the believer. If it's all just believers, we become real cone-headed and real weird. We need unbelievers in this house. We need the people coming in this house that are hungry for God for the first time. It makes us the church who we are. We need you and we want you in this house. But let God lead you down the steps that he's wanting you to take. Boy, I hope, I hope this is okay today for somebody. Paul came in Acts chapter 19. Paul came upon 10 disciples of John. Now I want you to look at this scripture. They were already believers. Everybody say they were already believers. Good. And they were already baptized in the water in the name of Jesus. This is in Acts chapter 19. And then Paul comes up with the, to the 10, these, these, these believers, these folks that have been baptized, and he says this in Acts 19. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed. And they answered him maybe the way you've answered him. And they said to him, what, we have never heard so much whether there is a Holy Spirit. We've never even heard of this. And Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And the King James Version says, and they heard them speak with tongues by the way I want to stop and say something well I probably shouldn't I don't have time to do this but I'm going to tongues is not the Holy Ghost tongues is a personal evidence to you that the spirit has come in but it's not the Holy Ghost if you don't have good solid teaching you'll get off on that the Spirit of the Lord comes in you, but the outward sign for you, it's like a new baby gets a new tongue. When you're a born-again believer, when the Spirit comes in, then God gives you a tongue because he gives you a language. It's a gift. That's why it's a gift. Are you seeing me? It's a gift. In other words, he gives you the Spirit, but then he gives you this tongue, this gift that says, hey, now I have an encoded Language between me and God. The Holy Ghost is still relevant for this generation. You have to stir yourself. Stir yourself. Y'all, we live in the South. I've already heard about Alabama down there where my daughter-in-law is from. Y'all wear shoes down there? She'll, she'll get me for that later on. And she can get you. Feisty, feisty, feisty. Everybody in Alabama feisty? I love you, Tay-Tay. But down there in Alabama and down in Texas and everywhere, all these places, the South, give God some glory for, for sweet tea. I mean, come on. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. The only thing in sweet tea, something makes that sweet. And it's not just sugar. Because down in the south, they build and they make a gallon of tea and pour in two gallons of sugar. <laughs> but the sugar, yeah, it's good syrup. But the sugar is not the only thing that makes it sweet. There's something else.
So you can have the spirit in you and it be all laying down at the bottom and you're walking around, I'm spirit filled, I'm spirit filled and it's been so long since you've been stirred, you've turned bitter instead of sweet. And nobody wants to drink what's coming from you because everything comes from you looks like it's supposed to be sweet tea. It smells like it's supposed to be sweet tea. It's dressed like it's supposed to be sweet tea. But everything comes out, gossip, bitterness, and this and that. And God's saying, through the sweetness and the beauty of the stirring, and what I need you to do is I need to bestir yourself. Bestir yourself. Get some stirring going on and let the sugar start to melt in the, in, the, in the tea and let it be a blessing to the world. Can I just tell the church something? I want you to be so full of the spirit that you can't imagine. Put more, God put more in us than we can contain. And then God, I want you to let me grab hold of the spoon and stir up within me what you put within me and let it come out of me sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Scott, come up here. Come up here and start stirring. Come up here and start stirring. You can have the spirit, but you need to be stirred. Rushing wind in the tops of the mulberry trees. You need to hear it. You need to open your mouth. You need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So get up in the morning time. Get up in the morning time and let the spirit come over. I want us to be like Paul and said, I talk in tongue more than all of you because I want it to come over us. Not as a pride, not as that we're more spiritual than anybody else, but I want the spirit to come over us. That there's a language that begins to work between the battles that have been defeating you, that you get on your knees before God. When things are coming against your family, when things are coming against when the other sounds are being piped in by the enemy. I want to hear a sound. I want to hear a wind. I want to hear the Spirit. I want to hear the Spirit. I want to hear the Spirit. Sweep over us, Jesus. Touch us, Jesus. Surely the presence is in this place right now. This is what I want you to do. I want you to have a private you and God moment, just you and him. And I want you to pray for your wife. I want you to pray for your spouse. I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for your child. I want you to pray for everything that's coming against you. I want you to pray. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. The Bible says, and where they were sitting. I'm going to do something kind of crazy right now. I want you to stay seated, seated right where you are. And I want you to listen, let the presence of the Lord sweep over you. I want you to begin to move. Just Would you just close your eyes right where you're at? We're about to sing, but I, I, I want you just to close your eyes. And I just want you to talk to the Lord. I want you to let the Lord do a work in you right now. Hallelujah. Let the Spirit... Come on, stir yourself. Well, I think this is going to jump on me. No, it's not going to jump on you. You're going to have to stir yourself. Stir up something in you. Come on, it's by the power of the Spirit. In fact, you got your eyes closed. Why don't you just slip your hands up? Would you do that right there where you're at? In submission to God and say, God, sweep over my soul. Sweep over my life. Come on, that's it right there where you're at. Come on, maybe it's been a long time since the Spirit moved over you. Maybe it's never moved over you. Let the power of the Spirit move on you. We're gonna begin to sing, but as we sing, just stay in the Spirit right now. Would you do that? Just stay in the Spirit. Just stay in the Spirit. Heavenly Father, we, we, need, that, we need that language coming out. Yeah. I wanna say something to church here right now. 
How many of you would be just right up honest with me just a second and said, you've been in the valley of Rethium. You've been in the valley fighting some giants. Come on, just, you've been in the valley fighting some giants, the valley of Rethium. You can defeat the giants in the valley of Rephium with the power of the sound of the wind. And when the wind moves through, and then the wind is to your back, I want you to advance quickly. I want you to take over the enemy, and I want you to win. And God gave victory to David that day in the valley of Rephium because he moved with the wind. Moved with the wind. I want you to reach over and touch somebody near you if you know someone. If, you're, if you don't know anybody around you, please don't, don't freak them out. But if you know somebody, reach over and I want you to pray for them that God would teach them to move, to grow, to operate in the power of fresh wind. That when he moves, that you will move and advance quickly. That giants would be defeated. That giants would be defeated. That's it, pray. Hallelujah, that's it, pray. That's it, pray over your neighbor. God, let them be filled. Let them be touched. Let them be changed. Let them be renewed. Let them be healed. Let them be saturated. Let the wind of the Spirit move over us. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I come in this place today. Surely the wind is blowing in our midst. Fresh fire, fresh wind. God, let this message challenge us. Challenge us as a church to move, to operate with the fire, fresh fire, and the fresh wind of your spirit. God, we'll take this a step further next week. It's gonna be a big week. But God, I'm asking you to let this week challenge us to move, to move, to move at the wind and advance quickly and defeat the giants through the power, through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And the entire body of believers shout, Amen. Amen. Woo, do you feel what I feel in this house today? Man, God is good in this place, isn't he? Thank you for being here. You know what I want you to do this week? I want you to go out and get you two or three people and bring them back next weekend. And let's continue just to have a revival in the presence of the Lord. God bless you. Be blessed. Sign up for a small group today, our life groups, at 2 o'clock on parkwaylife.com. Have a blessed week in Jesus' name.